Hi, I'm Tom Rhodes. I'm a songwriter and an artist. I live in Oakland, California. These are my thoughts. I want to share them with you. It's a podcast called Mental Hygiene. So sit back, relax. Let's go for a cleanup. I saw a comic today um, done by an Atlanta artist named Corey Thomas. And um, I wanted to talk about, I want to dive into it a little bit. And um, <clears throat> it can be found on fusion.net. A friend of mine shared this. And um, it's about the experience of an African-American guy in white spaces after the election. Um, I think there's a lot that goes into that term, white spaces, but I I get what he's saying. And um, it talks about how the world feels when it seems like the majority of people are overtly against you. Puts the fear in you. And um, and how if 58% of uh, white people voted for a guy who it seems to be uh, comfortably allied, was the term used in there, with white supremacists, does that mean that over half the people, half the white people that this guy meets are also racist? Um, and there's this moment where there's a conversation between the uh, main character in the in the, the comic and a uh, a white female coworker where she expresses outwardly expresses the feelings he has and say you know it's like who can you trust you know people can look you in the face and say all the right things but you rev- never really know what's in their hearts and they're both experiencing the same thing with each other. And um, so I'd like to talk today about that fear. I'd like to talk about how I think that the fear that these, that I see these um, people, I'm one of these people, um, that a lot of us are experiencing, um, are for the most part, greatly unfounded, and that we should start having some conversations, some probably uncomfortable conversations in order to move forwards. And um, I think that the willingness to be uncomfortable has to come from both sides, meaning we have to be willing to put ourselves in uncomfortable conversations and not take... um, not take for granted that everybody thinks the same way that we do. <clears throat> so, um, I think that the this particular comic, it really does a, a good job of exploring this feeling. The feeling of who, who, who's on my side. And it, and it, I think, is exemplified by... And, and partially caused by the echo chambers in social media that we find ourselves in. We don't really have um, clean, clear conversations with other people 
as much anymore. We have these sort of short spurts of text that we read out of context. Um, and we extrapolate from these short bits of text so much that I think it's a little unhealthy. And that I think we could have a much better face-to-face conversation and have a better feel for how a person actually is. I, I think that part of what makes this uh, particular situation um, that we find ourselves in now so polarizing is that it was very uh, dualistic. There were two choices that we, we really had for president. I know there were other people running, but realistically it came down between A or B, and you were forced to align with one of those two, no matter how much you disagreed with certain things. If you have hardline issues, you know, if racism was something that was a deal breaker for you, you could not vote for Trump, even if you agreed with him on um, possible isolationist policies or a reduction of large government. Um, you would have had to then vote against your your consciousness on the other, your, your um, beliefs on the other side is really, we, we, America was put in a very tough position. And um, I don't know, I don't know what the right choice would have been. I know what I think it would have been, but I don't know how, I don't think we handled it as badly as everybody feels like we've handled it. Mainly because I am a believer in the kindness of individuals. I think that people, individual people, are so much better at handling personal interactions than groups are are at handling those interactions. I think that the pressure of having a lot of people changes the way we see things, and I think we should have more one-on-one actual conversations and and ask questions and come to agreements because that's actually the only way that people change is through life experience with other humans. It's very easy to drop a comment online. It's very difficult to say that same comment to a person's face. Um, And there's a reason for that because you have another person that you are directly affecting, and people do not want to hurt other people for the most part. The example I always use for that is driving down the road. The overwhelming vast majority of drivers are kind, considerate drivers. They'll let you in if you put your blinker on, or they'll let you merge, or they, you know, stop at the stop sign. One of the things that stop signs that makes them so uh, traffic congestive is that everybody is trying to be kind of fair to everybody else for the most part. And the jerk who comes in and forces their way through doesn't actually cause the traffic. It's the people who are trying to be nice and let the other guy go first. Um, so I think that there could be a lot of understanding to be had. And maybe something really good can come out of this election. Maybe we can now start to realize how polarized we are and how ineffective that is, how, how much it restricts us societally from making positive changes and maintaining positive moves that we have made. Um, I'm one of the people who doesn't believe that America needs to be great again. I think America has been a great place and has been on a constant state of improvement. Um, 
that's one of the things that, that is what it makes America great. It's ability to improve. It's ability to change. And we, we can't overlook that. Um, it, 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 it left room in the creation of itself, in the founding uh, documents of itself, for change. And, um, and because they realized that the effort is to form a more perfect union, to make it better and shift with the times. And I would put forth that we need to start having these one-on-one conversations, especially with the people we care about, who, who don't feel like they're able to come out and speak. And one of the things I was saying before, and I, I think that this is, is so true, I think it's bad for us to, to shy away from uncomfortable conversations. I think it's bad for us. It makes us weaker as a society. It's easy to be safe and warm in our own small, like-minded communities, but it neglects the larger community as a whole. And it causes all these divisions and it, it doesn't help us. And the answer to a question is not necessarily directly in the middle of two opposing viewpoints. When I say directly in the middle, I mean, it doesn't mean, you know, if one person's view is that racism is good and another is that it's bad, it doesn't mean that a little bit of racism is, is good or that a medium amount of racism is, is good. But it might mean that the conversation between these two people can bring them closer to understanding each other's point of view. And I'll use an example here, specifically about racism, because I started this off with this comic. Um, I've, I've had some experiences in my own family with older family members who, when I was younger, I remember as being very racist. They had incredibly limited experience with people of other races. And as they got older and had more experiences rather than less experiences because we have a ever more and more integrated society, they became less and less racist rather than more and more. And not to say that they ever made it all the way uh, to what I would call the right side of the river. Um, They began, the more experiences they had, the easier it was for them to recognize the humanness in other people. And that is what it ultimately comes down to, is seeing other people as people who are just doing the best they can to get through the day and to make a better world for themselves and their children and their community. And I I think we have to respect that. I don't think we have to condone racism in any way or violence in any way in order to do that. But we do have to listen to and talk to people we perceive as racist. <clears throat> I think we have to. We have to engage in conversation. And um, those conversations might make you feel uncomfortable. But I think in a lot of ways, we've conflated the right to be safe with the right to feel safe. Uh, the right to not feel challenged in our thoughts. And we don't have that right. And in fact, it it, like I said, it weakens us as a society. And it doesn't have to be scary either. I mean, just being, putting out good into the world, putting out joy rather than fear 
It's not that hard. It starts with smiling and waving to the people you meet as you walk down the street. I mean, really, I, I go for runs and I try to wave at everybody I pass, give them a nod, s- smile. It's amazing what a little smile can do to change, you know, change your world for just even a few seconds. But that brings us together. It brings us together. I don't smile at people because of uh, their race. I smile at everybody the same. I, I try to wave at everybody the same. And maybe I'm a goof. Maybe I'm just a goofy dude who thinks that it helps, but it seems like it helps. It makes my day better either way, carrying a smile on my own face. And it, I think it helps to alleviate a bit of that fear. And, and the point that the, the artist in this, this comic was talking about is, even though the people are smiling, what are they thinking? What lies behind that smile? And that's a dirty, insidious fear that's been planted. And I guess what I'm trying to say is, I don't think we should allow that fear to win. I think we should continue to understand that in our day-to-day interactions, the way that people treat us is what's important. And I see, in my human experience, a great deal of kindness. And I think that um, everywhere I've traveled, and not just in America, almost everywhere around the world I've been, and I travel a lot, I, I see good people doing good things. And um, I have seen bad people doing bad things as well, but it's not nearly as common. It's rare. Um, but it seems like that's something that we, <laughs> we like to share on social media, is the darkness. It scares us and it gets a reaction. It gets people talking to us. It's easy to get people to comment and make scared faces on uh, angry faces on Facebook or, um, you know, reply on Twitter. And I'd, I'd like to put out there, like, I think that if we move to putting a little more joy and showing a little more kindness, it would make a big difference. And maybe we could start to come together and solve some of these problems that we're having a really hard time wrapping our head around as a society and that lead to these large divisions. Um, I have had some personal conversations fairly recently with people who are friends of mine who, uh, who voted for Donald Trump. And I think that they, I've noticed that they were very defensive from the jump, from the very beginning of the conversation, they were really defensive because they had already assumed my stance on a number of things. Um, I'm an artist who lives in the Bay Area, and it's probably, you know, pretty likely that I'm going to be a liberal, um, liberal dude. And I think they think that that it paints a picture in their mind that's easy for them to, to put together. But that's not the case. Uh, I mean, it, it is the case. I'm a pretty liberal dude, but I'm not strictly one thing or another. And I find that these people aren't either. These people are not 
you know, red-hatted Trump supporters. They're people who like smaller government and they have certain things that they like and or they think are better for, for us as a society. And I wish we could have had these conversations out in the open before the election. I wish we could have talked about them openly. But before the election, they didn't say anything. They kept their mouths shut because they were afraid to say something because they would be labeled a certain way. And that's scary. The scariness is not the thoughts. The scariness is the silence. So let's break the silence. Let's start by breaking that silence with a smile and a wave. And maybe that smile and a wave can lead to an open conversation. And maybe that open conversation can lead to some uncomfortableness, but also some growth. And not just one-sided growth, growth from both sides. And maybe that growth can lead us to a little bit better place to live. Um, In a place that already is amazingly beautiful and filled with wonderful, kind people on both sides of the aisle. And maybe politics is the worst way to try to sort these things out because it plays to too many people and too many generalities. And maybe we should start making these small changes at home and these conversations amongst our friends and our family. And thank you for listening to this one-sided conversation here. Um, you can interact with me at Tom Rhodes Music on Twitter, um, Facebook slash Tom Rhodes fan page. Uh, I love to have these conversations with you online too. I, I, I find that short text conversations taken out of context are very difficult to convey real feelings, emotions, and ideas, but um, it is a quick, convenient way for us to talk. And uh, another way for us to talk is to come say hi at a show. Um, I'll be announcing some really cool ones coming up here. I have a tour to the Northwest in January. I'm doing some shows um, down in the Southwest in um, February and doing some shows on the East Coast in March. All those dates will be coming out before too long. I have some other exciting news. I think I might have talked about it last week, but um, a tune I recorded a while back with a side project I've been working on called Siege of Roads. Uh, The tune is called When the Wild Calls. was picked up by um, Fox to be used on the UFC Road to the Octagon. I've been a long-time mixed martial arts and UFC fan. Um, I think that martial arts are an amazing way for us to learn about our bodies and understand about ourselves. And I, um, I really do have a tremendous amount of respect for practitioners and um, the fighters in the UFC. So being even a tiny part of that was just a really cool, really cool thing. And seeing this small project that um, I started get a little bit of success right off the bat is also really cool. Uh, you can find out about Siege of Roads and what uh, what we're working on. I, I did that with Zachary Kibbe and uh, Joseph Holiday, both LA-based uh, artists. And um, there's some more cool stuff coming out of that. And um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff down the pike. Um, 
Can't wait to share it. I have some ideas for some future podcasts. I find these ones where I speak directly into the microphone a little disconcerting. I'm trying to get better at this, the one-sided conversation. I like to talk with somebody, not to somebody or at somebody, but um, we'll get there. I have some cool interviews coming up, and I want to let you know that I have moved. I have new digs. Um, I live in Richmond, uh, California now, and this a uh, beautiful new apartment. Uh, it's filled still with boxes and moving equipment and stuff, but I'm getting settled in. And uh, welcome to my apartment. We'll be coming back in 2017, and you'll start to see the new uh, apartment somewhere along the road there too. And um, yeah, thank you to everybody. Thank you for listening. And if you, again, want to contact me, hit me up on Twitter at Tom Rhodes Music. And... Uh, Big love. See you next Friday.